What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Are you looking for some good, clean positivity? Good, me neither. I'm Maddie Murphy and I host The Bad Broadcast, a weekly comedy podcast dedicated to talking about everything we love to hate. I searched my whole life to find my passion. Little did I know I had been practicing my true talent every single day, complaining. Join me every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast to answer our weekly questions and for a chance to be featured on the show. See you there. Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, the show that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice so that you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. My name is Aaliyah, and I am the video producer here at Career Contessa. Recently, we did an episode called How to Become a Project Manager, Salary Skills, and More, where I interviewed a few expert project managers on the steps they took to becoming a project manager. Turns out a lot of you liked the episode, so we decided to keep this series of job-specific episodes going with today's episode, How to Become a Recruiter, Salary, Skills, and More. If you've ever wondered how to become a recruiter or what people mean when they say they, quote, fell into recruiting, keep listening. I'll be interviewing three experts on what it takes to be a recruiter, a typical day in the life, skills to highlight on your resume, recruiter career trajectories, and the best advice for people transitioning into the role. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. If you're not familiar with what exactly a recruiter does, here's a quick definition from Darlene Castellanos, a career coach and talent acquisition advisor. A recruiter definitely is a talent advisor uh, to the business. They provide a lot of insight to hiring managers and recommending who should be hired for what position depending on their criteria. So we're talent assessors who make those recommendations to them to bringing on uh, the right fit for their team. According to Tyson Williams, a senior business recruiter at Zillow, a recruiter is a key partner that works with both internal and external clients to oversee the end-to-end selection process for candidates. Here's what he has to say about the role of recruiter in that selection process. 
You know, first and foremost, the most important part of the selection process is really to, to partner with that that client and help them uncover like what is their true need from you know from for the business. And I think that's almost as important as actually finding the talent. You know, because if you don't have kind of a very clear picture of of what the business needs are, you will just spin your wheels and not be able to really find that 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 right talent. You know, recruiters typically are working to you know search and identify that top talent that aligns with that need. Um, and then um, we'll engage them, you know, to discuss, you know, their skills and abilities and, and attributes that really align with, you know, with, you know the, and experiences too that really align there. Typically, you know, in full cycle recruiting, you're also working with candidates to, you know, really kind of un uncover their ambitions and, and, and having conversations around compensation expectations, you know, because at the end of, you know, recruitment, uh, you know, after the, the interviews have been completed, you're really partnering with that that candidate to, you know, to land them at the end of the day. And you need to really build that relationship, get them, you know, get comfortable to, you know, and helping them kind of navigate if, you know, at the end of the day, that compensation is going to align with their expectations. A typical day in the life of a recruiter looks different depending on your team, company, or industry. Jenny Chang, a global recruiting and talent acquisition leader at Zillow and a career contessa coach, manages a team of recruiting leaders. So her day might look a bit different from, say, a recruiting coordinator's day. I currently manage a team of recruiting leaders that have their own high-performing teams of recruiters. Zillow as a company has a fully remote culture for roles that can be designed to do so. This includes all of recruiting. So we have recruiters spread across the country. But generally, as recruiters, you manage a number of roles assigned to you for a particular line of business ranging from technology roles like engineers to business roles like marketing professionals or even sales type roles like business development. Here's how Tyson described his typical day. I typically, you know, I'll have some days where I'll wake up really early, you know, and, you know, start my day, you know, sourcing, you know, combing through resumes and looking at that fresh talent that's applied or updated their profiles on the job boards or LinkedIn. There's other days where, you know, I spend, you know, the morning doing candidate follow-ups or hiring manager meetings. Um, and, and I'll actually do my sourcing for candidates in, in the afternoons or even the evenings while I have Netflix on and, and, and a glass of wine sometimes. So typically, you know, throughout the middle of the day, uh, that's where recruiters are having their candidate screens. You know, you're on the phone with candidates from, you know, 15 to 30 minutes or, or longer if you're working with, you know, you know more senior level candidates. Um, you're doing manager connections, hiring team meetings, debriefs um, on candidates after they've completed their, their interviews, or, you know, working with your, you know, internal teams, you know, to navigate the process, whether it be with your sourcing team to, you know, help provide a lift to the candidate funnel, or I spend a lot of time working with my HR business partner and my compensation team to help navigate, you know, things happening with a requisition or with compensation approvals and whatnot. You know, there's typical times throughout the week where I'll be pulling reports and preparing updates from managers and leaders on just the status of the recruitment. You know, that's a big piece um, to having that rich relationship. You know, you need to be able to provide updates on kind of where you're at in the recruitment and that, you know, that be a long term, you know, throughout the recruitment helps you out. Hey, it's Lauren. I just wanted to quickly come on here to talk about one of our sponsors. If you love a good midday nap, you're not alone. In fact, the likes of Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Stephen King have been known to be nappers. So why do we feel guilty when we allow ourselves to take a snooze? 
Napjitsu is a new way to recharge your body and your brain, and they're committed to changing the culture around rest and napping. If you're one of those people who's always tired and finding yourself reaching for an extra coffee to get you through your workday, you most likely need a better way to energize. Napjitsu offers time-release caffeine to keep your energy steady throughout the day. Napjitsu's natural supplements were made by people who know how it feels to be tired and busy. Their patent-pending formulas have natural ingredients like B vitamins and ginseng to give you a boost of energy without the crash later. Their products provide brain-boosting nootropics to enhance the sleep you do get, and they mimic the cognitive effects of rest when you simply can't slow down. The result? Peak performance right when you need it. I tried two of Napjitsu supplements, the NAP and NOW supplements. With the NAP supplement, you just chew the tablet, swallow both the capsules with water, and take a nap or rest for 30 minutes or longer. While you nap, their dynamic formula supercharges your brain so that when the caffeine hits in 30 minutes, you awaken with next level sharpness. With the NOW supplement, there is no sleeping involved. It unlocks sustained energy and focus ASAP with 150 milligrams of caffeine and 315 milligrams of natural nootropics to keep you energized for six plus hours. Napjitsu supplements are packaged into small packets so you can take them wherever and whenever you might need an energy boost. Whether you need to experience deeper sleep or unlock immediate lasting energy, each Napjitsu product is designed to help you achieve your optimal performance. Remember, the smart rests more, the wise rests better. Rest up and level up with Napjitsu. For a limited time, receive 30% off your first purchase when you go to napjitsu.com slash females. Go to napjitsu.com slash females for 30% off your first purchase today. That's N-A-P-J-I-T-S-U.com slash females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S. So although a typical recruiter day may look different for each person, a common thread is the skills required for the job. Excellent communication is a really important skill for a recruiter to have, but that's not the only important skill. I asked our experts what critical skills to include on a recruiter resume. Here's what they had to say. So communication is a really big one. Attention to detail, relationship building, time management, and definitely adaptability. Likely you have a lot of transferable skills, that will allow you to pivot. So perhaps you've been in, let's say, customer success or in sales types roles and you possess strong communications that you can help facilitate a great candidate experience and also influence your clients. Some of the soft skills I would say that are important is even having a growth mindset, having intellectual curiosity, your ability to deal with volume of work at times, or even ambiguity. So because sometimes the business is still, let's say, planning their hiring forecast. So you might be working through, you know, a periods of time you're, where you're not sure, you know, prioritization. It is a people business. So your ability to listen, to know what the pain points are from your clients, And even to be empathetic, knowing a lot of candidates won't get the job they're hoping for. These are all soft skills I think you probably need to possess, hopefully, naturally, or develop. Now, of course, there are like specific industry knowledge you may need to acquire. So if you have a passion for hiring tech talent, you don't need to know how to code, but you should be able to access or understand the candidate experience 
and see where their potential match to the skills required for the roles. Again, even within tech world, there are so many different types of roles ranging from engineers to product managers to designers. So again, probably you're able to learn some of those on your job. You know, we hire to our core values. So I'm always looking at, you know, skills and experiences that align with our, my company's core values, you know, but if on a resume, I'm seeing somebody that has been in roles where they've taken ownership. So those experiences come from project or program management. Let's say it's from school. Like if you participate and were a part of a board for a a social group or a fraternity, sorority, those types of folks typically have taken initiative to and, and ownership to, to support, you know, the, the cause there. I think, you know, also on a resume, I'm looking for experiences that really maybe highlight creative thinking. Uh, as a recruiter, you know, we're always trying to think a little bit differently, you know, just so we can uncover, you know, different talents and, and, and figure out where to really find the attainable market for some of these recruitments. A progressive experience, you know, within a field that you've chosen, I think is also, you know, really, really good. Um, and in the, that doesn't mean you need to be in a, in a role, you know, in for a long period of time. But, you know, if you see progressive growth, um, I think that that really just kind of shows, them, you know, ownership and ambition um, to, you know, to be successful in what you, what you do and what you commit to. You know, early in my career, I struggled at first getting the, you know, the right candidates in, in process in volumes, uh, you know, because I was reading resumes. You know, I think if you are fearless and can do a quick screen of a resume and just pick up the phone and talk to people and have just no problem doing that. You will really uncover a lot more, you know, through a, a quick phone conversation. And you know, if it ends up not being that right match, you could also, you know, you know, advertise your, yourself um, or promote your opportunity that you're working on because you know people want to help others. I found most of the time, and they may know somebody that may be a match if they end up not being the match, the right candidate for the role. By the way, there are some technical skills that are important in a recruiting role. For example, you will most likely have to become familiar or proficient with applicant tracking systems and other softwares or websites like LinkedIn Recruiter. Recruiters should also be skilled in different technologies, such as um, ATS systems, which is the applicant tracking system that that company uses. And then also some sourcing tools like LinkedIn Recruiter or indeed Resume Search. Those are the top two that usually employers use to source candidates. LinkedIn recruiter is a big one. A lot of recruiters are definitely using that on a day-to-day basis. And there's lots of different things you can use through that. You can become an expert in, you know, how to drive a really good Google search or even Bing, you know, because they'll generate different results, you know, depending on how you drive your search. Systems, there's a lot of other new ones. There's in terms of, you know, finding and uncovering candidates outside of LinkedIn Recruiter, we now have like Intello is a big one, you know, all the different job boards. Um, Indeed's been a really good one. Yeah, so those have been the kind of the more fruitful ones. Intello is a new one that we're starting to work with. And then for CRMs, you know, outside of just an applicant tracking program where candidates will apply and submit their application. And that's where, you know, the recruiters typically managing the scheduling and the, the resume reviews and all that stuff. We also have CRMs and, um, you know, whether it be Smashfly or Zillow's currently moving to a new one called Eightfold, I believe is the name of it. Um, I'm really excited about it. The team's starting, you know, getting really excited about it, but it allows us to pipeline candidates. So if we're finding somebody on LinkedIn Recruiter or Intello, or we find them in our applicant tracking system, we can put them in these you know, folders essentially to, to be able to, to follow ups and, and, and just kind of keep the relationship going through the CRM. So those are 
becoming a lot more popular on recruiting teams. Keep in mind that to access some of these, you do need a subscription that's typically paid for by your employer. However, there's a lot you can do with your own LinkedIn profile. You might just be limited with the amount of information that you can search. So if you're currently updating your resume to apply for a recruiter job, make sure to highlight your interpersonal skills, organizational skills, problem solving, creative thinking skills, and your familiarity with recruitment tools. Hi, it's Lauren with a quick word from our sponsor. We talk a lot about the importance of mental health on the Career Contessa podcast. So I'm really excited about BetterHelp. BetterHelp makes it easier to get professional counseling from a licensed therapist. Do you feel like there's something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, whether at work or at home? BetterHelp online counseling is there for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's super easy to connect to your counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. Plus, you can now get help on your own time and at your own pace and schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time with no additional charge. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp includes 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states who are available worldwide through text, chat, phone, and video. Start communicating in under 24 hours. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. The Career Contessa podcast listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code FEMALS, F-E-M-A-I-L-S. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash females. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S. But what education or prior training experience is important to include? I asked our experts if there is a specific degree, training, or certification that is required of recruiters or potential recruiters. You might find that when you're looking for recruiter positions, they might ask for a bachelor degree or similar experience. And that's typically required depending on the company that you want to join. It is helpful to have additional like interview training. Um, A good course potentially would be to take Lou Adler's performance-based hiring Uh, where you can acquire a certification for that. But really a bachelor's degree or similar experience is typically required. Most recruiters, if you ask them, like, how did they get into this role? They would say things like, I fell into it. (laughs) So for those that actually went to a university or college, even if they chose majors like organizational development or human resources, which kind of focus on developing staff, analyze process, evolve workplace, they may not have a deep exposure to the actual tactics of recruiting as a whole. So I personally pivoted into recruiting 
after five years being on the client side, focusing on PR and product marketing. I just started to connect people with jobs. And turns out I was like, that sounds like a fun career to explore. So I started to be part of an early talent team, specifically university recruiting at Microsoft. Now, I would say you don't need a like an absolute education to become a recruiter, but for the most part, you learn on your job. So these days, there are just so many resources available to help you get an overview about recruiting online. So anything, things like recruitment.com or podcasts related to HR and recruiting. Or you can do a short certification from LinkedIn that really kind of gives you a true flavor of the things you need to be successful in the role. Or if you want to invest more, you can explore online college certifications like Cornell's Human Resource Certificates. And those are more expensive, but they are very specific and they kind of give you an opportunity to maybe network deeply with their previous alums and understand that you can also network and informational interview for future jobs. So some of those certifications would include things like recruiting and talent acquisition certificate or compensation certificate to employment law certificate. So you definitely can get wide exposure uh, to those. I mean, I hire, I recruit a lot of recruiters. So I'll speak to both my path and, and, then, and then what I see from, you know, when I'm, when I'm recruiting recruiters and you see so many different backgrounds. You know, my background specifically was, um, you know, education wise was in uh, business. And then I studied, uh, specialized in human resource management and went down that path of, you know, going into being an HR business partner and realized that that was not my, not my path. You know, the, you know, I, I really enjoyed and got fulfilled in the, in the talent selection process it is really that it, it, to me it's more of the, the fun side of, of of hr so yeah my my background you know was you know, really kind of studied in the hr space which helped a lot but i see you know talents you know come into recruiting from lots of different backgrounds and education backgrounds with a lot of uh, uh, candidates i'll see come from a psychology background in education business we see some folks coming from actual tech and computer science like all it, it really depends it varies quite a bit so yeah there's no real one like background that is like a like a sure fit for recruitment educating yourself on just employment law in general can help help a recruiter out a lot you know what you know there are certain things that we should be asking and or not allowed to ask um, or the the way you phrase the question is is really important because if you phrase it a, a certain way you know, it could, you know, have legal ramifications, right? And so, so I always I want to recommend, you know, any recruiter really kind of, a, you know, you know, leans on and educates themselves in, in, in just basic employment law. And, you know, you could lean on your corporate legal counsel to, to help with that. There's lots of tools and resources out there on, you know, Society for Human Resource Management, if you wanted to learn a little bit more. Um, and then also um, your compensation team and your HR business partners are great resources to make sure we're, you know, we're acting and, and asking things that are, that are, that are appropriate. So, yeah, so definitely I encourage anybody going into recruiting to just really uncover the basic, you know, rules and regulations there. <laughs> That's, that'll be important. So recruiters come from many different backgrounds. There isn't one correct path to become a recruiter. If you are planning to transition into a recruiter role, here are Jenny and Darlene's best words of advice. Well, I would first ask yourself why you're interested. For example, right now, there's a lot of openings for recruiting. So maybe you see that as a growth market. But 
It wasn't always the case. In fact, you know, when COVID happened, a lot of recruiting professionals were actually furloughed or let go. So it does have its peak and valleys. So truly ask yourself why you're interested in this industry. And whatever you come up with, you just want to talk with your recruiter friends on their day to day, why they're in it, and not just the good, but the challenges they face often. There's also portions of work that can be repetitive, administrative. Now, I would say that that's probably true for any type of roles out there, but just understanding what they are and if it's something you would still enjoy but for the bigger picture. Now, once you know your why, I think you can tackle on how to obtain that role or learn what gaps you may have or even leverage your transferable skills. So those are more tactical, but the transition itself is understanding the why um, before you do the everything to support it. I think the biggest advice I would give would be putting your communication skills into practice. Like I said, recruiters are definitely big communicators. You could have a lot of transferable skills from your current position, to be quite honest, to be a recruiter. You could be an existing store manager or you can work in sales. So all of those translate over to being a recruiter. You're basically trying to sell the company that you want these candidates to be a part of. So just the biggest advice would be to to look at your current position and see how your skills can translate over because more than likely, you will have some of those that could uh, do really well as a recruiter. Now, once you're in the role, success is measured in many different ways. Here's what Darlene had to say about measuring success as a recruiter. Success is measured for recruiter usually by a few metrics. Um, it does depend on the company that you're with um, because they like to measure by different means. However, they usually go by time to fill, which is how long it takes for you to fill your position once it's open. Sometimes they also rate you on how many phone screens you have a week, how many hires you have a week. So again, depending on the type of company you join. However, the biggest measurement of success is usually when your candidates are hired and they're thriving in the organization. For Tyson, relationship building is a huge marker of success. I really think, you know, successful recruiters, you know, the, like one of the most important kind of attributes is that ability to build rich relationships, you know, not just with your client, um, but also with your candidate. It's so important. And, and I think, yeah, if you're able to build that rich relationship, you know, on the front end of, uh, uh, with everybody, it'll really just kind of set the whole, the whole, everything up for success. So now you know the skills and training that it takes to become a recruiter. But where does one start the recruiting job search? Where does one find the open roles? My last few positions that I've taken, you know, I, you know, was working with a company and I, you know, made the decision to start, you know, poking my head out, looking for opportunities. And I've landed multiple roles through agencies, started as a contractor. My last, you know, three positions have actually been contract to hire. Um, so that's typically how I found that. And that was, you know, I, I would find the position online or, uh, you know, I just uh, submit an application online through, uh, you know, typically it's through a Google search. You can find a lot of things just typing a job title on, on Google and that'll tell you, it'll pull up a list of jobs uh, really easily instead of having to go to the different job boards. Um, I think yeah, just a simple Google search is pretty simple. It's easy these days. The best way to kind of take a look at that is on LinkedIn or also by checking the specific company website that is of your interest. You'll definitely need a resume to highlight your experience. 
Again, if you're a little bit more entry level and you're not currently a recruiter, there's definitely other positions that can take you into that world down the line, but just kind of checking the job description and seeing how that matches with the resume, using potential keywords that the job description has into your resume would also give you a little bit of an advantage when recruiters are searching for your resume online. Remember to search for keywords besides just recruiter or recruiting. In general, it is recruiters, but you can find specialized recruiting. You can find, for example, I want to be a college recruiting professional or executive recruiting professional. So when you can get specialized, but in general, if you're just starting out and you're exploring, I would say looking for recruiters or sourcers or recruiting coordinators probably are general enough for you to you know, start with. And as with any job search, networking can be a really important tool. Recruiters are, are, are social. You know, they, they know how to leverage their social networks, LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, all the different, uh, you know, social mediums that we have nowadays. And I really appreciate it when someone's reaching out to me about a job that they saw posted wherever and really kind of make that first impression through it through an email. Like they've, they've taken the time to search for my information and then reached out directly. I, I really appreciate that. And it shows just, yeah, just that you, that, that you're excited and, and, and really want to explore an opportunity. Also, recruiting jobs vary depending on your seniority. Here are some common career trajectories that you can expect with a career in recruiting. So before you become a recruiter, you typically take on like a talent acquisition specialist or a coordinator role. Um, those roles will allow you to partner very closely with recruiters to get the sense of their day-to-day tasks. So you'll potentially be helping them with scheduling interviews, Um, potentially doing some sourcing for them. So that'll give you great exposure to start off into potentially going into a recruiter role. Once you're a recruiter, you're, like I said, basically a talent assessor and a business partner to uh, the hiring managers. But after you take on those positions, you could definitely become a talent acquisition manager. Um, And then there's also obviously talent acquisition director and then vice president. Some organizations blend in talent acquisition and talent development. Um, They kind of go hand in hand. So those could be two different type of trajectories that someone would want to take, starting off in recruitment, then doing talent development or vice versa, um, and kind of see what areas you're most interested in. Depending how you want to go, you can actually be part of like a more of a jungle gym where you get to do many different types of recruiting, but you still go deep as an individual contributor. Or you can do consulting. You know, if you ever decide, you know, I want to be my own boss, you can just do HR and recruiting consulting with your own agency or work with other agencies that you can be a part of. For others, as you grow naturally, there's opportunities to maybe become a recruiting manager or in the people leadership skills. So. Essentially, you could be in a long-term recruiting career and have different paths to be successful. You can grow within this profession for a long and rewarding career path, either as an individual contributor or move into people management. So within recruiting teams, there are also more programmatic or operational roles that you can explore. Now, some people move out of recruiting, but stay with the people organization space, like learning development, analytics, and HR. So, so far I've been speaking more about in-house recruiting. So just within corporations, 
But there's also agency type recruitment that works for a variety of companies to support their hiring goals. And I think their day-to-day work is probably uh, very different. I started my early career in recruitment with a staffing agency. You know, and I think somebody that is wanting to start their career, you know, in in recruitment, I think that's a great first place to kind of learn the ropes. You know, you learn how to talk to a lot of people, you learn how to source, you learn how to to screen candidates and move really quickly um, in in a staffing world. And so I think, yeah, entry level, you know, I think that's a great first step for somebody. To, to take on. If you're in more of a corporate setting and you have that opportunity to step into a recruiter role, you know, as a recruiting coordinator or as a sourcer, an inbound, you know, or outbound sourcer, that's a great opportunity as well. And from there, you can grow into, you know, more of that full life cycle recruiting, meaning you own, you know, the, you know, the entire process, like the partnership with the hiring teams, setting the recruitment up for success, the sourcing, the screening, and then and then ultimately the closing and, and offer process. And, you know, that's where we really start to see more mid-level recruiters that, you know, have that experience, you know, driving that full cycle. And then um, the more senior level uh, recruiters are typically those that have, you know, you know, really kind of built their reputation as a full cycle recruiter um, or a sourcer, you know, just more on the front, front end of the, the, the recruitment, you know, but are now kind of taking that, those years of experience and starting to stretch that and wearing that strategic hat more, you know, bringing to the table more creative solutions, more talent insights, you know, can kind of see downstream and see, you know, what's happening within a, you know, a market or an industry and you know how to pivot uh, a recruitment, you know, you know, knowing that there's potential something downstream that could be affecting the, you know, the recruitment. All right. And now the question everyone has been waiting for, what kind of salary should you ask for or expect? Salary can range depending on industry, company, or location, but here is what Tyson had to say about a typical salary range. Typically, we're seeing our, you know, more entry-level recruiters, you know, starting between, you know, probably around that $75,000 to $100,000 mark in terms of total cash compensation. Uh, mid-level recruiters, we're seeing them typically land in the in the lower 100s, that 100, like one 130s, potentially in that lower lower 100 portion. And then seniors are kind of more in that mid 100s in terms of the base, and and you know total cash is more more leaning into the higher 100s, the 175-ish. And you know typical cash packages um, vary. Every every company is a little different. They have different compensation philosophies. You know, where I'm at uh, now at Zillow, we have, you know, a base salary and then also a stock equity component. And then we can leverage, you know, you know, you know, bonuses, um, you know, assigning bonuses year one and two to kind of cover any gaps. You know, if we have a, you know, a candidate that's walking away from equity or um, just di- just different, you know, things in their their current package that are, that are meaningful, important to them. And then, you know, when you're in that principal level, we're starting to see, you know, those principal level recruiters be more into that high um, 100s to the, to the low to mid 200s in terms of total cash. As with any job, it's really important to conduct your salary research before asking for a specific salary. When you go to these resources such as like salary.com, they will share overview of the different types of recruiting. But again, they're just, they're, I would say though, they are just foundational information. You don't necessarily have to just follow it. So for example, they even have specialized information for, let's say you want to be a legal recruiter and you're thinking legal recruiter. Well, 
you could be a legal recruiter for a law firm, for a large law firm, or you could be in an agency where they specialize in helping law firms to hire uh, legal professionals. Or you might be in an in-house where you're, the team and client you support includes the legal team. So in that case, the national average in there would say it goes from 80K to 133K with a medium of about 103. So the good thing, again, these types give you a range, but it will differ depending, again, all the things I've listed before. I'm going to say I would take it with a grain of salt with these sites, knowing the true number will lie within the actual companies you're applying for. Let's use another example for tech. When I look at their calculator for tech recruiters, the medium is actually 75K to high of 100K. But I would say knowing this market, there's actually more competitive uh, markets or companies that will pay more for tech recruiters. And the final thing I would say is, as always, just don't forget the total compensation include maybe sales incentive at agencies or overall equity and definitely like benefits as a whole. Once you have your recruiter role or are close to having one, it's all about continuing your learning. So my final question to the experts were, what are your go-to resources for continued education or networking? There are potential like clubs and also specific groups uh, within your organization potentially or the company that you're interested in. So it's always good to kind of research and see what's available. But I think the biggest thing is to kind of network when it comes to um, looking at other resources and what your potential other colleagues might be doing as well. There are a lot of different communities out there and lots of different recruiter associations. We have the big ones like ERE, you know, you have the national recruitment associations. Um, typically the big national associations will also have, you know, state associations or within a city. Like I'm in Seattle, we have a you know, Northwest Pacific Northwest uh, recruiting association. So a great place to meet, you know, folks from both with their corporate recruiting or staffing services. There are just, you know, HR people and just folks that are like-minded. I always recommend for the first place to start in, in, in building a network is to start at that, at that level within the city that you live in. There's, there's, there has to be folks there that can offer up education or just, um, you're just general networking. You are now equipped with the knowledge of how to become a recruiter. To recap, there isn't one clear trajectory for becoming one. The most important thing is to sharpen your skills and target the right companies and individuals to connect with. If you're interested in any of the resources or tools mentioned in this episode, I've linked them all in the show notes. Also, let us know if you like these job-specific episodes by leaving us a review. Are there any other specific roles that you would like us to cover? Let us know. And if you're interested in getting one-on-one career advice, check out our personalized career coaching, where you can work with a trusted, pre-vetted career coach who provides the specific support for your needs. That's also linked in the show notes. And of course, a huge thank you to our experts, Darlene, Tyson, and Jenny for sharing their advice today.